Northwest Prime, bringing Seattle to the world and the world to Seattle. I'm your host, Lori Ness, a soldier on the front line of the mainstream. You can listen to this and other shows at northwestprime.com, and be sure to stay with Seattle Wave Radio 24-7, 365, for more great music and interviews. We're starting a movement of kindness, and we want you to join us. Let's get this show started. Their first major book since the trailblazing Zahav, Michael Solomonov and Stephen Cook go straight to the food of the people with their great dishes that are the soul of Israeli cuisine in their new cookbook, Israeli Soul. And Stephen Cook joins us today. And Stephen, I don't even know where to start because Israeli Soul is such an absolutely stunning book from cover to cover. Well, thanks very much. We had a lot of fun making it. So this is a follow-up to your widely successful last book, Zahav, which ended up winning James Beard Awards. It was the International Cookbook of the Year. It was the Book of the Year. Did, did you feel any pressure for when you started Israeli <laughs> Soul? <laughs> just, just a little bit. Um, <laughs> we, we, you know, Zahav is a very special book, and, and Zahav just turned 10 years old as a restaurant this year and it's a very special restaurant and that book was very much a look at the food of Israel through the lens of the restaurant and for this book we really wanted it to be set in Israel um, and not sort of let ourselves sort of get in the way of exploring what the cuisine is evolving into there so it's you know we went to Israel for 10 days to shoot this book I think we ate at about 82 restaurants and uh, really tried to try to you know, get around the country and see what people were eating. Well, you put together a book that really helps tell the story of Israel. You talk about the journey that these foods have taken, that Israel is a very newly formed state or country, but Jews had been before Israel became its own state. The Jews were living all over the world. And so when Israel was formed, then they many came back to Israel and they brought with them the traditions that maybe they had in Africa or even the United States or Europe or Russia. And so that's a whole, and, and that really made me think I had never really ever put that together as far as all that fusion of uh, food and spices and and a, a difference in day-to-day cooking just amongst the people who had maybe lived for generations somewhere else. And that's really what I think defines Israeli cuisine because a, a lot of people sort of equate Israeli food with Middle Eastern food and there's certainly a lot of crossover. I mean the the region itself is one of the oldest inhabited places on earth and has its own you know, food traditions, which are a huge part of the way Israelis eat. But as you said, it's a baby of a country. It's only 70 years old. And you had all these people returning to Israel from North Africa, from the Balkans, from Europe, um, from other parts of, of the Levant, and, and bringing their Jewish food traditions there too. So it's a, it's a, it continues to evolve today as different ways of immigrants come in. They, they come in and they you know, the food changes through their eyes as well. Well, what I was amazed with with Israeli soul is how much so much of this food was actually, I, I had some knowledge about. It was already kind of incorporated into modern day 
cuisine. But I was thinking when it was going to be Israeli food, it was going to be food I might not have heard of. And, of course, there's a lot of that, too. But there's also things that I'm very familiar with that have just integrated into our everyday day lives. So it's not all kind of a, a foreign food to many of us. Where I'm like, oh, my, I've had that before. I've seen that. I've <laughs> tasted that. And so then you just put your your take on it and actually then brought the history of it in there as well. Well, that's good, good to hear because it means in some small way what we've been doing with our lives for the last 15 years has, has made somewhat of an impact. I think there's such an interest in, in food in general today and exploring, you know, exploring different cultures and different ethnicities. So, yeah, some of the things are, are becoming part of the American table as well, and we're familiar with them here. Um, you know, hummus and falafel are, you know, hummus is you just go into any grocery store and count how many um, – how many refrigerator shelves are devoted to different types of packaged hummus. It gives you an idea of how, you know, how, you know, accepted some of this food has become in our, in our society. Yes. It's uh, America has really started embracing Israeli food and the popularity continues to grow. And I think you and Michael were a major force in making Israeli food mainstream or bringing it to the, the mainstream. Well, I think we caught a good wave of what was happening in our, you know, in the culinary industry here in America and, and what people, you know, the attention that people were paying to what they were eating. I mean, when we came up as cooks, we, you know, we were both trained in the French tradition. And for a long time, that was sort of the beginning and the end of if you wanted to be a professional cook and you aspire, you know, you had, you aspired to, to do something that would be celebrated, you know, as French food or Italian food. But now it's become expected that young cooks are going to explore their heritage uh, that's personal to them. And certainly with Michael, who grew up in Israel, was born there and spent a part of his childhood there, this is very personal to him. And he's in a unique position to interpret that food for an American audience. Well, one thing that's good about having a cookbook, especially a successful cookbook, and going on these book tours, you come face-to-face with your readers and home cooks, and I'm sure that you get a lot of feedback. Has has there been any misconception about Israeli food that, that you've had to work through? Um, not, 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 maybe not as much as you would expect. I mean, like I said before, there's so much of what people think of Middle Eastern food makes up a part of Israeli cuisine. But I think what the, the biggest misconception is that, you know, in Israel, the food in Israel is very different than other parts of the Middle East because you have immigrants from Yemen, you have immigrants from Russia and Georgia, um, you know, there are German roots in, the, in some of the early Israeli pioneers. So you have all these weird food traditions that you might not think are at home in the Middle East, but that are, have become a huge part of the way that Israelis eat. And so that's, that's really the biggest, I think to break it down, it's, it's just Israeli food includes a lot of Middle Eastern food, but it's, it's got, um, that's just a part of what makes it, you know, unique to Israel. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and you talk in the book about spices and, and you're very, open about giving us permission to use substitutions and suggestions. If, if, if we can't find a, a certain spice, it might not be in our area. You're like, well, use this or use that instead. And, and I really liked that because a lot of people might not have easy access to, to some of the spices that makes these foods, you know, give them their character. Well, right. And thanks to the, thanks to the internet, 
Um, it's not as hard as it used to be, but it mm-hmm. is amazing. I'm always amazed by how much, you know, the spices that you use in the dish can really make it taste like something completely other. I was talking to someone with an Italian background about the um, veal shank recipe that we have in the book, which is basically a sabuco. But when you add the Yemenite spices of cumin, um, turmeric, black pepper, it just becomes this totally other thing. So I, I think it's, I personally, you know, cooking at home, I love to just play around with different spice blends. I mean, one of the eye openers for me in the last, you know, 10 years as a hob is, is what kind of an impact spices can have and that how you can, you know, you, you can blend them in to, in different ways and come up with something that's totally different. So I, I think that's part of the fun of cooking is kind of winging it a little bit. And spices is really a kind of a low risk way to do that. Absolutely. And we use World Spice here in Seattle and they ship. So you could just go to their website. This is just a free plug for them. But I get all my spices from World Spice and uh, and they, you know, you can just go. They have all their spices broken down. They'll ship anywhere, I think, in, in the world. So you're absolutely right. The Internet is a very great tool. And spices, you know, usually aren't, you know, unless you're buying a lot of saffron or something, usually aren't very, very expensive. But um, you, you can definitely, you know, look something up and then go to the internet and then find, you know, your your favorite spice company and they will, will send you that. So much of Israeli food is, is recipes that families have passed down for generations. Are are you seeing, or are you finding that young Israelis now want to know how to make food from their childhood? Uh, I do. I think there's a sort of a nostalgia um, because the history is, you know, because, you know, everybody is really, one or two or maybe three generations removed from their family coming from a completely different life, like, you know, somewhere completely different. Right. So I do think that for Israelis in particular, you know, we're all kind of, you know, looking for that sense of connectedness. And I think for Israelis in particular, because, because the heritage of a lot of Israelis goes, goes off pretty recently into a different place. There is that, I think, desire to connect to connect and food is one of the ways that we do that. I mean, I, you know, in my childhood, I learned to cook from my watching my mother make recipes that her mother made. And that's, I think kind of the, 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 you know, the place that food plays in, in building culture and building tradition and building heritage. It's not, it's not just about, you know, feeding people. It's about connecting through the generations And, and Israel certainly has a unique, perspective because of its short and diverse history. Mm-hmm. And there's also a very large sense of community in Israeli soul. Um, the photographs are, I mean, stunning. I mean, it could almost be a coffee table book, but it's a cookbook and it's really, really great and easy recipes too in here. But there, there's just a, a sense of community that, that, that comes through in the book. And that's really that food connection with, with people and family and friends really makes the best memories. It does. And I'll put in a plug for Michael Persico, who is our friend here in Philly and, and photographed the whole book. And that was his first trip to Israel. So it's really neat to see it through his eyes. But it was also interesting to talk to a lot of both young and old restaurateurs there who have a pretty different mentality than, you know, we see in the business side here. And, you know, a lot of the places we went to were multi-generations of people doing one thing for their entire careers over and over and over again to the point where they were 
Zen masters of it, whether it was the falafel shop that only serves falafel or the hummusia, which only serves hummus. Like, so that was inspiring because in, in, you know, in America, the business side often takes control over the, the sort of soul of it. And in Israel, mm-hmm. it was very inspiring to see, to see that really the business side of it was secondary and the community building and the, the generational, you know, the passing of the torch from generation to generation was really so embedded in, you know, in the eating and the eating experience and the dining experience and the restaurant experience. Absolutely. And I, I wish that we get more of that in America. One thing everybody's talking about in this book, and there's so many great recipes, but everybody's talking about the five, the five minute. And it's, uh, it's so easy. And then you also give us a list of all kinds of toppings I never even thought about. So when when, when you're making it, you can top it with all these different things. And, and I wouldn't have thought that maybe that would have been like, the thing that's kind of blowing up um, social media, but the five minute hummus is just that everybody loves it. Well, you know, we have um, a couple of restaurants that only serve hummus and, you know, and we have an elaborate recipe for it in our first cookbook, but I didn't want, we didn't want people to think that you, you have to plan 24 hours in advance to make hummus or your only other alternative is to, buy a tub from the supermarket. There's nothing wrong with supermarket hummus, but it's a totally different product. And so to take canned chickpeas and make homemade hummus at five minutes that comes out of your food processor, warm and rich and nutty. Um, it's, it's, it's very empowering to be able to do that in five minutes with minimal cleanup. And, and the other thing is that hummus is such a great canvas. It You can put almost anything on it, whether it's a few ounces of, ground meat or some roasted vegetables dressed in, you know, dressed in, you know, a chili sauce. It, it, it's a very, very healthy, very satisfying, rich meal that really pairs with a lot of things. And so I hope people really will use that chapter um, mm-hmm. and, and prove to themselves that we're not just saying it's five minutes. It's actually five minutes. <laughs> Absolutely. And I mean, it, it just tastes better if if you don't buy it from the store, you get all those fresh flavors coming through. And then when your company comes over, you can say, you know, like, oh, where did you get this? And I mean, it's pretty impressive to say, ah, I made that. You know, in fact, I you might in, in, end up becoming the 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 person who brings you know hummus to everybody's uh, uh, party. <laughs> They'll be like calling you up. You know, can 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 you bring the hummus? Can you bring the hummus? You'll probably be yeah, that you'll person. Get, you'll... <laughs> you're going to get a lot more invitations that way. Exactly. But you, you cover so much more from pita bread and falafel and you have drinks in here and you have schnitzel and there's grilling and cold treats and drinks and savory. I mean, it's just there's just so soups and stews and salads and it's just absolutely just filled. You could just get lost for hours just making notes and dog earing pages and <laughs> and just uh, enjoying every little bit of this of this wonderful book Israeli Soul. And today is the start, it's the kickoff of your book tour, right? You're starting in New York City? Uh, uh next yeah, next week I think is when we go next full week. speed. There's yeah, there's a few few events trickling in, but next week we, we really hit the road and can't wait to come to Seattle. It's one of our favorite cities to visit. 
Well, you'll be back again in Seattle on October 24th at the Book Lauder, and that is at 6.30, and we'll put the links up for everybody on that. And I think they're going to get a little taste of some food and get to meet you two and have their book signed. And it's going to really be a very special night because it's 6.30 to 8, I think. So it's not like you're just going to be there for a, a really short little bit of time. You're actually spending some, some time there with your readers. That's going to be fun. We're going to hang out. Are, are, are you just in Seattle for that one day, or do, or do you know if there's going to be uh, other stops around the area? I'm not. I think that might be it for for um, Seattle for this trip. Um, but the Book Larder is such an amazing, amazing place. So we're excited to be back there. It really, really is. And people just love to go there. Seattle has just become a, a foodie city and people keep track. I mean, I've already tracked um, Israeli soul. It's uh, for pre-order. And it, I think it was uh, number two in cookbooks this morning. And so it, oh, wow. as so the words out, people are talking about it. I've seen it all over social media. So many people are excited about it because it has been so long since, uh, since, uh, in, oh, I guess in between your, your cookbooks. And there really seems to be an audience for this and an acceptance, not only within the industry, but, but with the consumer as well, it just seems like that everybody was ready for it. Well, I hope so. Well, I'm going to stop by the book lotter and I am going to try to be there on the 24th and say hi. And we're going to put uh, the links up and we're going to try to get everybody else out as well. And I'm sure it'll sell out fast. These, these events always sell out the book lotter very, very quickly. So you'll want to make sure that your name's on the list. And Stephen, I really appreciate you taking the time to come on today and just congratulations on another well done project. It's absolutely a beautiful, beautiful uh, journey, not only through Israel, but, but through Israeli cuisine. And, and uh, it's, it's just an absolutely stunning book. Thank you so much. This was a lot of fun. All right. Thanks for coming on. All right, the book is called Israeli Soul, and it is available for pre-order now. It's available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, um, and wherever books are sold. Thank you, and have a great day. You've been there, right? You put on that jacket you haven't worn in like six months. Reach into the pocket and find a McCafe brewed coffee. Well, not really, but there is a crumpled old dollar in there. And on McDonald's, one, two, three dollar menu, that's the price of any size McCafe brewed coffee or a savory sausage biscuit. Oh, and check the other pocket, too. Could be a tasty sausage McMuffin in there. Find more $1 breakfast favorites on the one two three dollars menu at McDonald's. Prices and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Tax extra.